And then three months after that was when my then husband came to visit me on tour, came to see the show, and then he told me that he was gay. Wow. I have been pulling so much of my value from how I look, which is why I feel extra shattered. After we were like, okay, let's try and see if this could be real, Micah was like, okay, I don't wanna do anything physical. I just got extremely physically rejected. And now you're telling me that you do like women, but you don't wanna be physical mm. with me. It was just another day where I was praying for it. In an instant, I was, like, it was gone. And I felt so much lighter. I have chills. And I, mm. and I was like, it was all, I couldn't have done that without, without God. to the Salty Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest. This is Sarah. Hi, everybody. I'm so happy to be I'm here. I'm so excited you're here. All the way from New York. Um, so jealous. Like, I want to go there so bad. You guys want to come visit us. Exactly. We're already planning a trip. We're going to go stay with them. So Sarah and her husband, we met them through social media. They also do social media. What platform did y'all start with? I started with TikTok. Okay. Like, I started on TikTok, just him. Yeah. And then... Eventually, I got roped into the whole shebang as well, and then took over to, to Instagram as well. So TikTok and Instagram. Okay. Yeah. And how many years have y'all been doing that? Um, Gosh. Well, we had like our first viral video happened in 2021, but we really got serious about it like uh, maybe six months after that where it was like, oh, we could really do something right. with this. Been like about two, a little over two years okay. that we've been like really doing it consistently and mm -hmm. pursuing it aggressively. So yeah, what an adventure. Yeah. Who knew? I know, right? For sure. And that is like the beauty of social media is like meeting people. It is. Like it is such a God thing, just the community we've gained from it. Oh, absolutely. And we're also with the same management company. Yeah. And it, they have a lot of Christian couples on there too. But yeah. I'm like, how funny is I that? I never anticipated that we would like meet the people that we've been able to meet yeah. through social media or Same. that we would have shared values mm -hmm. with so with so many people who are also doing social media. So right. it's been real cool. It is I such know. a God thing. Yes, for sure. Well, I am so excited. I've already had a pleasure of talking a little bit and hearing her testimony. Y'all, some of this stuff is I just cannot wait to hear more about it because she just gave me the snippets and I'm like, oh my gosh, the encouragement that I got from her story is just amazing. So let's just talk about, were you raised Christian? Like talk about maybe your childhood and your upbringing. Yeah. I grew up in Kansas and I grew up Christian going to church and it was always just a big, it was like where I hung out with my friends was at church. Did that all through high school. Then I went to college and just unintentionally kind of fell away from my faith or plugging into any kind of faith-focused community just because I was busy. College was crazy. I studied dance and I was just going from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. every day. And so I just wasn't, I wasn't building an intentional relationship with God during college. And then it was after college when I moved to New York that I was like, all right, I want to get, I want to plug back into some kind of community. I found a church that I started going to. It wasn't really until I booked a cruise ship that I started to really dive back into my own personal walk with the Lord okay. because I had a lot of time to myself mm -hmm. on the ship and a lot of free time. And so I, I spent a lot of time alone and a lot of time with God. And that was kind of where I really for the first time built a true one-on-one -on -one, like friendship yes. with God mm -hmm. where I felt like we were, we were in relationship. I wasn't just sort of 
feeling a, like a compulsion to behave a certain right. way out of obligation or like, because it's the right thing to do. Mm. I actually got rooted in him and then wanted to align with, you know, how Jesus's example, all the principles that he teaches because of the friendship that I was building with him. Yeah. So that was in my, like, I was like 24, 23, 24 when I, when mm-hmm. I really like found that relationship and got more rooted and decided that I wanted to make it a, a priority yeah. in my life. Yes. I love that because even like me, I grew up in church and I went through a period too. It's almost like I had to unlearn things that I was taught as a kid, yeah. the religious side, mm-hmm. the rules, like kind of thing. And then almost just kind of did my own thing, still saying I was a Christian and loved Jesus. Mm-hmm. I was just not... I didn't have that relationship. Mm -hmm. And so then building that relationship, it really had to be like my decision. Yes, exactly. And not based on what I learned from my parents growing up. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome. So in college, that's when you kind of fell away. And you told me this is when you met your first husband, correct? Yes, my ex. Yeah. It was like, we had, we had, we had fun. We had like, he was a performer. We we had a lot of similar values because he grew up, he grew up Christian. His, he grew up in a small town in Missouri. Um, so we, we did, we related on like that foundation. Um, and also I think even more so are the importance of family because mm-hmm. he was close with his family. I was close with my family. Um, and we loved to perform and we just, we just had fun. We got, we got along. Um, and we were together all through college and we got engaged we worked some summer theater gigs together and he proposed to me at one of those summer theater gigs. Okay. And that was right after I graduated. He was a year younger than me. So he had one year of college left mm-hmm. and I had just graduated. So he proposed to me that summer. Uh, and then we got married. We were engaged for like two years. We got married two years later. And actually in, in those two years was when I did that cruise ship contract where I really found okay. my relationship with the Lord. Wow. So yeah. we were except we were at a distance from each other. And that was actually why I spent so much time alone because I just didn't necessarily want to engage in just some of right. the stuff that, that goes when you're in a, you're in a contained environment, you only have so many people. Yeah. Um, I so, can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that was kind of what led to me spending a lot of time by myself and finding that relationship with the Lord. And so then I actually got off the ship early, a month early than, earlier than the contract was supposed to end so that we could get married. Okay. And then we got married right after I got off that, that ship. Okay. And that was, we got married in 2014. Okay. So it's been, that's been almost 10 years, almost 10 years ago, which is nuts. I can't believe I'm like old enough to have, (laughs) to have that kind of gap in my, in my life experience. Like it's been a decade (laughs) basically. Yeah. Yeah. At the time it was a really exciting season Mm -hmm. of life to be in. I didn't know what was going to come. Right. But it was, it was beautiful at the time. Yes. Do you feel like you know, you having that one-on-one time, you know, it kind of separated because even me, like in my relationship with Hunter at multiple times, I became distracted and he would like become my God, like who yeah. I unintentionally worshiped, you Absolutely. know, I worshiped that relationship and all that. So do you feel like having that time one-on-one kind of helped? I, I would say so. Yeah. Because it is, it's so easy mm-hmm. to like the person who you're in a relationship with to put them First. Yeah. Because they're right here. You can see them. You can feel them. You can. That's something that Micah and I are always praying about where it's like, how do we actually put God first in our relationship? Mm -hmm. How do we prioritize that relationship before ours? 
And I feel like that's going to be a lifelong journey. hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. Especially I think depending on how we're wired and what fills our love tank or like our love cup. Yes. If it's, if it's more tangible things that fill that, then it's obviously it's easier to get that from someone that you can reach out exactly. and, like, and feel. Yeah. Whereas with God, we have to experience his love for us in a unique and, and different way. And mm-hmm. sometimes when we like, I'm, I'm a very, I like to be affectionate. I'm mm-hmm. like a physical touch person. Yeah. And so can't do that with God. I can't hug, hug I God, know. you know? I so wish. It, I know, right? So it's, I think that can also create a more difficult, it's harder to connect depending upon how we're wired and mm-hmm. what makes us, what helps us experience that someone loves us. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. And I think that even plays into, you know, your temporary fixes to fill voids. Mm-hmm. The world's way of filling those gaps and voids is tangible. You know, it's, yes just a hit of dopamine, yep. go buy something, go, I don't, you name it, you yeah. know, it's because it's easy to do, Yep. but it's harder to get that fulfillment from God. Like it's a process. It, it can be, you know? And mm-hmm. so, yeah, that all, I love how that all plays a part. And even in relationships, mm-hmm. Because sometimes I'm just like, can I just like crawl in yeah. Jesus's lap and just let him hold me? <laughs> Truly. <laughs> please. Uh, or call him on the phone. Absolutely. You know, like need some help, please. Like, please like, like audibly talk to me yeah. today. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Yeah. It's uh, funny. So you, your time alone prepared you for what you didn't know you would walk through later. Yeah. You want to talk about that? I would say that it definitely did. Yes. Gosh. I'm like, what's the, what's the timeline? So I got married in 2014 and then... We were back in New York, living life. We were both just auditioning, grinding, working a bunch of jobs, uh, trying to make ends meet. And it was about a year of auditioning when then I booked the Beauty and the Beast tour, which is where I met Micah, mm-hmm. my now husband. When I booked the tour, I was hesitant to do it because I was like, I'm married. I have a life here. What I'm going to leave for 11 months and be away from this person that I've committed my life to for 11 months felt scary. Mm-hmm. Um, even though as a performer, you kind of know that that's part of your, your journey if you're really looking to create success in that, in that career field. So I eventually decided to take, to take the tour. We go on tour. About The tour started in August. I think we started rehearsal in August of 2015. And then in September of 2015, unrelated, my brother passed away. So that was a big life change mm-hmm. moment that kind of really put my priorities in front of me. Um, and then three months after that was when my then husband came to visit me on tour, came to see the show, and then he told me that he was gay. Wow. And so it was kind of three from in September, my brother passed away. In January, that happened with my ex-husband. And so it was just a really a packed three months Ooh, of, I mean, of difficulty for me. For sure. And... The tour really gave me, it provided me with both healthy and unhealthy distraction because it was something I could channel energy into that I really enjoyed. I was so happy that I had a show to do where I could engage in performing, which was something that really filled my soul. I had that, which was, I was really grateful to have that distraction, but then Micah and I got into a relationship that was more of an unhealthy distraction, honestly, at the time. And it's so funny to, to think of where we are now and what our relationship was like then. And the fact that I never thought that we would, that it would, 
that that sort of rebound situation yeah. would become what our relationship is now wow. and that we would get mm-hmm. married and how God would work in our relationship and just, it, it's, it's so, when you look back on your life, it's so cool to see how God works in situations. And when you're in it, it can feel so painful and hard. But then when you get to the other side, if you, if you, when you have the faith that you're going to get to the other side and you know, God's going to help you get to the other side, then when you do, you look back and you see his hand all across Mm. the situation, even when it was feeling really painful and lonely, you can look back and see how he was there the whole time. I know. I love that. And that's, I can't even fathom like losing your brother Mm -hmm. and then your ex coming to you and like what was when your brother died like was that unexpected like it was it he he had spina bifida so he had a disability he was a wheelchair user but he was healthy his whole life and like we had a great relationship he was paralyzed from the waist down but um otherwise could like functional functional Mm -hmm. upper body could speak could you know think uses uses Otherwise, like lived a very, a life just like mine. Uh, And my parents went so above and beyond and out of their way to ensure that anything that he wanted to do, he was able to do it. He was able to try it. Uh, So he lived a very full life, was super healthy for his whole whole life. And then it was the last year of his life that he started having some respiratory issues and no doctor could tell my parents what was going on. He would have these episodes where he would stop breathing. And it's very scary and stressful. And so then eventually he just ended up having, he wasn't at home. He was out and he stopped breathing. And by the time someone noticed he had been without oxygen to his brain for too long. So even though they restarted his heart, it was the, he wasn't going to be himself Mm -hmm. ever again. Like his, his brain function wasn't just wasn't there anymore uh, after the lack of oxygen. So it was a really when you lose someone you love right before your eyes, like when you have to decide that you're going to unplug the machines and like watch them literally go from this side of eternity to the next, like that changes you as a person. Mm-hmm. And it, you can either choose to lean into the comfort of God or turn away and be angry. Yeah. That's and, what I was going to ask is how that affected your relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Like, did you it's sometimes easy to not lean in mm-hmm. to God and just kind of sit in, you know, your own sadness and grief. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I always thank God again, just because I don't know why I'm wired the way that I am, but I wasn't ever angry at God. And I always was like, this is my source. Where, where, what else am I going to do? How else am I going to get through this? I don't know. I can't mm-hmm. do it on my own. Um, so I need something beyond myself. And so I always... I leaned into him and it's, it's crazy how I was already, when I started the tour, my plan was to journal for the entirety of the tour so that I would, I'm not really a big journaler in my (laughs) everyday life, but I wanted to remember the tour specifically. And it just so happened that I had two very traumatic things happen to me on that tour. So when I go back and I read my journal, I'm so, I'm just so thankful to God that he, for whatever reason, the way that I'm designed, I, I leaned into him. And when I look back at my journal, it's still very filled with hope and thankfulness. And I, I look back and I'm like, oh, wow, like, thank you. Cause it's not, it's not me, you right. know, it, it's, it's, it's Jesus. So it, I, I really, I always 
I've always been a person that has gone towards him in, in difficult times for whatever reason, mm-hmm. but I'm thankful that that's how I'm designed. Yeah, no, that's great. And that probably people listening to that have struggled and maybe like, it's encouraging to hear that if you do lean into him, like it's almost unexplainable. Like you would have thought you mm-hmm. would have felt all these emotions and, you know, so many people do. And like, I'm, you went, probably went through grief, sad and Absolutely. all those things, but you decided to lean into him. And so ultimately that brought you like an unexplained sense of hope and joy, like despite the situation, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. How do you feel like you were able to lean into him? Like what things did you do? Did you just spend more time in the word or was it just this unexplained like presence, you know? Yeah. I think from, from the get go, it was, you know, that like piece that passes understanding. Mm -hmm. Like I always felt it's, Mike and I were talking about this the other day where it's almost a sense of, you almost feel guilty because after losing my brother, I, yeah, was it hard? Of course. And do I, I still, it's been like eight, almost eight and a half years since he passed away and I'll still wake up and be like, well, I feel really sad today. I miss, I miss my brother. Um, and I don't think that that ever goes away when it's someone who has like that big of a piece of your heart. But I always, I don't know why I just knew that I was going to be fine and that God was going to take care of my heart. He was going to take care of my parents' hearts. And I really just, I still, like the day after my brother passed away, I still had moments where I felt happy that day. Yeah. And that was, I almost felt bad about Mm -hmm. that where I was like, oh shoot, I feel like I should just be real sad all the time. And people probably around you expected you to be kind of like, mopey and sad and, you know? Yes. So it was totally a, just like the word says, it was just like that piece that passes understanding because I had just decided that that's what I was going to lean into. And I think the fact that I had built such a relationship with God previously, like you were saying. On the cruise. Okay. That, Mm -hmm. that was really like, I had done that work in a time that was good. So then when something bad came, Mm -hmm. I was already rooted right. in him. He was preparing you mm-hmm. for those moments that like mm-hmm. you would have had no idea. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's that's beautiful. So a few months after that, your husband came to you. Mm-hmm. You were on tour still? Mm-hmm. Okay. And you yeah. and Micah had already met. We had met. But you we were, were just friends. We were friends. And I've talked to him, and I know he had a crush on you, but he's like, <laughs> dang it, she's married. <laughs> you know, can't mess with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, literally nothing you could do. Right. Um, yeah, it's so funny because, yeah, we did, we just, we clicked right away. Mm-hmm. And I remember telling my then husband, like, it's a little weird, but the person that I'm closest to on this tour is like a straight guy. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's so funny, always hindsight, because he was like, oh, that's, he was totally, he didn't have anything uh, negative, questioning, okay, nothing. He was like, no, but I just want you to have like, I'm just glad you have, you have someone there who you can connect with mm. since we, since we can't be together. And I was like, it's kind of a weird response. Right. Like you were hoping he'd be like, maybe a little jealous yes. or. <laughs> yes. So I'm like, if it were me, I'd be like, I don't like, really yeah. like that. Yeah. I don't Boundaries. Know. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not a fan. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and then, but at the time I was like, wow, what a mature response. <laughs> That is so adult. And then obviously cut to like, oh, oh, no wonder you were starting to feel, you were like, oh, thank God. Right. Maybe, maybe 
this will be, you know, I, I don't know what he was, I don't know exactly what he was thinking and I'm totally putting words in his mouth, but it's just, it's funny to, to look back on. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he came, he told me he was gay. It was really, I could tell how, how much it was hurting him to tell me mm -hmm. that. And I have so much respect for the fact that once he allowed himself to realize that, that he was straightforward with me. Yeah. He didn't hide it. He didn't hide it. Mm -hmm. And that I was the, you know, I was the first person that he told. And I, I knew that my response and how I reacted to him was really going to dictate. Cause obviously it's like, we're married. Our whole yeah. lives are intertwined. Our families are intertwined, super close with his family, super close with mine. So I knew that, okay, well, however, I was, people are going to take a lot of their cues off of me and how mm. I react to this. So if I'm bitter and angry, other people are going to feel like they should be too for, for my sake. Mm -hmm. Um, but if I'm, if I have as much grace as I can, then I think other people are going to do the same thing. Yeah. So, and again, it's just so God, like I'm just a person with normal emotions. And the fact that I was able to walk through that situation with, again, when I look back a lot of grace, Yeah. I was very, I was kind. I was understanding. Did I have moments where I was angry? Yes, of course. Mm -hmm. But I always was just like, I want to navigate the situation and not say something I'm going to regret, say something I don't mean out of anger in a, in a moment. And that was truly all him wow. working, working through me. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that was, it was, that was very difficult. That, yeah. Cause that will, that changes the whole picture of what you think your life is going to be. Cause obviously I had had this picture of what our life was going to be like. Right. We're going to talk plans. about having kids and I mean, all of that. Not for a while, just cause of the career that we were mm -hmm. in and we were, in our mid, in our mid twenties. And so we were just like, we, we, it wasn't, that wasn't something that we were going to be mm -hmm. doing anytime soon. And honestly, thank goodness. Right. That would have been so, so difficult. So it'd like make it even harder yeah. for that situation. I, yeah. I can't even imagine. And that's why I respect him so much for coming to me and telling me as soon as he really allowed himself to figure it out. Because otherwise, like if he had tried to stuff it down, we'd continued on who knows what, when he would have been able to keep it inside yeah. anymore and then wh where our life would have been mm -hmm. if we would have had some kids and that would have just been obviously much 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 worse yeah so yeah that was it was hard but it was again it just gave me more opportunity to to lean into god mm -hmm. and to really have to get even more even more deep rooted in yeah. him in order to forgive and and mostly rebuild my heart and my self-image yeah because that really really rocked my my self-image I can imagine like let's go into that a little bit of just how because yes like you know you could you had so much grace and whatever but you were also hurt mm -hmm. and so like what did it cause for you that you really had to deal with by yourself I I think it allowed me to realize where I had been pulling my value and my worth because I realized how hurt I was that I was, I felt as though I was being rejected physically mostly mm -hmm. because he and I are still to this day, we're great friends. Okay. Like how God has worked in our relationship has, is amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I respect him so much and we really have a fantastic, like if I, when I think of who someone I could call that would, if I was, in a pickle and I needed someone, he's like at the top of the list. 
Um, and so, and him and his husband are just, just great people. And again, God has really redeemed that relationship for Micah and I to have a great friendship with the mm-hmm. two of them. Number one, why does my mind go to the idea that I'm being rejected physically? Why is that what I'm focusing on? And then why is that so hurtful for me? And so that allowed me to realize how much value and worth I had been attaching to how I look, my body. Mm. And I think that comes from like in a field that's pretty shallow and it matters how you look uh, when it comes to performing Mm. and um, just body image and all of that kind of stuff. Once I realized, I had the realization that like, oh shoot, I have been pulling so much of my value from how I look, which is why I feel extra shattered. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that without that experience, I don't know that I ever would have realized how poor my self-image actually was. I I thought that I was a confident person, but where I was taking my confidence was not from anything that actually matters. Mm -hmm. Uh, It wasn't from my character, wasn't from how I live my life, wasn't from my values. It was all from how I looked. So once I realized that, then I was like, okay, well now I have to work on this. So then that was a whole other journey of navigating, okay, how do I build a self-image that is based upon my character? And if I don't have, if my character isn't at the level, isn't at a level at which I'm proud of it, how do I change that? Mm -hmm. How do I grow my character? How do I become a a more complete, more of who God intends me to be? So that, that whole losing my brother and then the thing and then and then my ex it really set me on a journey of becoming really stepping into who god intended for me to be and when i look back on it i'm so i'm grateful for it because i wouldn't be who i am today for sure and it wouldn't have set me on the journey that it set me on that has put me now you know almost 10 you know eight eight years later or so i have a life that i never could have imagined and i think a lot of it has to do with how i chose to build my character and how i chose to uh, just kind of almost changed my outlook mm-hmm. on, on life completely. So it was it was a really transformative journey. Yeah. What I what I did, and I couldn't have done that without also going through a journey of forgiveness, which I yeah. had to do with alongside God, because I wouldn't have been able to do that For, on my own. That's on my hard. Own. That's yeah. hard. It's really and hard. We talked a little bit about that, and just how when you are harping unforgiveness towards somebody you know, that person might not know it, Mm -hmm. you know, they aren't feeling what you're feeling. No. Bitterness, anger, Mm -hmm. all those things. And it's, it makes, like, I remember going through a season of unforgiveness and I hated myself. Like I hated the way I felt. Yeah. I felt toxic. I felt all, you know, and I'm like, that person doesn't even realize, Yep. (laughs) you know, like it's not doing anybody good. Mm -hmm. They, they don't even know, but me, Yeah. you know? And so how did you go through that season of unforgiveness. Like it was a process, right? Mm, Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was so much prayer, so much Googling scriptures on forgiveness. Writing those things down, praying over those things. And after my ex came to me and told me that I prayed for probably at least a year of just like, help me, help me forgive Mm -hmm. because I didn't want to be I didn't want to be angry right. because I knew that I wanted to have a friendship with him on the other side of everything. Yeah. And so, yeah, I prayed, I just, I prayed 
daily for God to please help me um, because I didn't know what, what else to do, mm-hmm. honestly. Because I was just like, I had I, I, what you said about like feeling toxic within your own heart. That's, it's such a, such a gross feeling. Yes. And I was mm-hmm. just like, I, there is, there, I'm like, I'm rotting myself from the inside. Really? And it's all my own doing. It's not that it will necessarily go away overnight. And so I just, I prayed, I prayed every single day. I meditated on scripture every single day. And then about a year after about a year of, of praying, I really, cause I, you know, when you're wishing, when you wish ill upon someone, it's just such a, it's just a, such a gross feeling where you're like, what, what is wrong with me? Mm-hmm. I can't believe I would have these thoughts. I can't believe I would have it in my heart to like hope that some, that something goes wrong in someone's life. And so once I started, when I was having those thoughts, I was just like, okay, God, I need you to take these thoughts away. I need you to take these feelings away because I don't know how to get rid of them on my own. After about a year of praying for that, I, it was just another day where I was praying for it. And it felt like God took a little vacuum hose and sucked it right out of my heart. And in, it, in an instant, I was like, it was gone. And I felt so much lighter I've chosen. And, I, mm-hmm. and I was like, actually hopeful for, um, Nick and his, his then, his now husband, uh, I was, I was hopeful for them and I was wishing that they would be able to build a healthy relationship. And I was just, I was, I was wanting good for them, mm-hmm. which made me feel more like myself. So, and it was, it was all, I couldn't have done that without, without God. A hundred percent. Yeah. That's, oh, that gave me chills. Like just, it's how you said it was gone in an instant. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of people will be able to relate in the sense of, I mean, you said a year, mm-hmm. you're meditating and praying for a year for God to take it, you mm-hmm. know? And I think a lot of times is people feel like they know they need to forgive, mm-hmm. but honestly, you're like, I, I can't, it's not happening, Yes, you know? And I went through that season of unforgiveness, kind of same thing happened. I just, it went on for so long mm-hmm. and I knew I wanted it to go away. Like I didn't want to feel unforgiveness. Mm-hmm. And then finally, like one day, God just took it away. And I, my mindset shifted, the way I viewed that situation shifted, and it felt so good and freeing, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. But it is so hard. Like, and I'm even imagining if somebody's watching this, like in that stage yeah. of going through unforgiveness, like, and they're like, how? You know? <laughs> because it is, you're like, okay, I wish we could just meditate and pray for one day and it's gone, but like (laughs) it took you a year, you know? And so it is like, and this is, I mean, we might not know the answer to this because I don't, but like, why, like, why would you, why does it take so long sometimes, you know? Totally. I wish it could be like, this is how long it's going to take, you know? Because for me, it took a year, but for someone else, it's going to take three, Yeah, you know? And it's so hard Mm -hmm. when you're, if you're two years in to praying for forgiveness and you're not experiencing any breakthrough where you're like, is it ever going to come? And, but I do, I really believe that, and this is just from having conversations with people who have gone through journeys of letting, of, of forgiving. And then people who haven't, who are still like holding on to Mm -hmm. certain things. And I think that when we truly desire to, to forgive and we're asking for God to help us, we're partnering with him in that effort. And we, we have no desire to hold on to it because I think some people, they say they want to let it go, but there's a little bit of like victim mentality that they they actually want to want to hold on to it slightly because Mm -hmm. it allows them to behave a certain way or feel that they are like, well, this happened to me, so 
yes. this. It's like almost yeah. an excuse for things. Mm-hmm. So I think when people have a little bit of that in them, it's much harder for them for to sure. actually forgive. Yeah. And I think that like, cause the season I walked through, I don't think I could have ever fully forgot forgiven. It's almost like I was having to go through the process mm-hmm. of different things like self-pity. I self-pitied myself so much. Yes. So of course the unforgiveness wasn't just going to go away because I had things that God was like, you've, we've got to deal with this because mm-hmm. you, you have to go deal with those things before you can feel that freedom, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so in the year of praying and all that, were there things that God like revealed to you that you were having to, that you worked on looking back? Can you see the process and be like, okay, I feel like that's why it took a year. Cause there were certain things that had to happen within that year before we got to that point of unforgiveness. Mm, mm-hmm. I think, yes. And I think a lot of it had to do with the journey of me, like unattaching my value from my appearance. Yeah. And that sounds so superficial, but when you are, when you spent years getting rooted in a wrong mindset surrounding your value, that takes a lot, also takes a long time to, yeah. to break and to, 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 to uproot all of that and then plant different seeds. And so I think the journey, the, the paired journey of repairing my self-image along with wanting to forgive, I think it was the, the combination of those two things right. and how God worked on me during that, that season where I had that sort of little bit of shame in me that I hadn't have been able to forgive. I also was making a lot of progress in regards to my self-image. It was an interesting juxtaposition mm-hmm. of, of feeling like there's this one thing, but I'm also becoming, uh, I'm stepping more into my true value over here. And so I think those paired journeys is what created my, my specific timing. Yeah. What a journey, <laughs> yeah. you know? And, and that is why I think being a Christian and having a relationship with God, it is a sanctification process. Mm, mm-hmm. It is a continual growth. Mm-hmm. You know, there's things that God is constantly revealing to me, things that I thought I've worked on or I have worked on it. But I mean, we live in a broken world, yep. fallen world. We're going to be tempted. The enemy is going to be continuing throwing darts. Yep. And almost like I can recognize because of the growth, like say unforgiveness, if something happens, if I can recognize like traits, I'm like, oh, uh-uh, I'm not going back down that yeah. road. Lord, <laughs> yeah. come take it. Absolutely. <laughs> Block me from that path. Yes. Yeah. And so I feel like all of the things we go through, it helps us just continue to navigate through this life, you know, until Jesus comes back or it's our time to go. Yep. So you went through that period, mm-hmm. unforgiveness, all yep. of that. You and Micah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, when did that happen? Yes. Like, once the tour ended, we were kind of like, all right, let's see if this can, this relationship can happen in real life. Like, with, I, I liken tour to, like, The Bachelorette <laughs> because it's, like, not real life. Yeah. And it's almost like a paid vacation. And you're just, like, you're not having to worry about paying your rent. You're not paying your bills. You're not, you just don't have the same everyday worries in mm. that environment that you do in life. So it creates, like, a, like a romantic bubble almost. Okay. Where then it's like, okay, but what about when we have to like, we have the stress of life happening to us every day. We're both working three jobs. We're auditioning. We're not booking the things we want. Like then what does our relationship look like? So we got back to New York and we're like, all right, let's just see what happens. And because our relationship had started so physically, once we got into a relationship, it was basically just like, that was a big unhealthy distraction for me. 
Mm-hmm. Um, after we were like, okay, let's try and see if this could be real. Micah was like, okay, I don't want to do anything physical then. So nothing, nothing at all. And that was the next step of me working through my self-image stuff. Cause I was like, Are you serious? Like <sighs> I just, the I just got, I just got extremely physically rejected. And right. now, and now you're telling me that you do like women, but you don't want to be physical with mm. me. And so it was just another, again, God used that to take another layer off of like my wrong thinking and what that did for Micah's and my relationship. I, I'm such a big, obviously we didn't wait until marriage, but then we chose from that point on to wait. Mm. And I'm, I'm a, such a big proponent for that because yeah. of what it did for our emotional intimacy and for my self-image just a, as a woman. Mm-hmm. And obviously my situation was specific with what I was already <laughs> working through. It was like the perfect storm of stuff right. that allowed me to, to realize those things. So then that was the journey that we went on as we continued to build our relationship and see if it could become something that was right, that was centered on the right things mm-hmm. versus not the right things. Right. So Micah was Christian. Yes. To, okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And he had a lot of guilt surrounding like sex before marriage. Right. And so he was always kind of struggling with that, but then, you know, he's a human. So just fall again and again right. and again. <laughs> and so then once he, but once he said like, I, I want to commit to this because I really want to see if this can be something real. And I think in order for us to figure that out, we have to eliminate that part of our relationship. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was just not happy. I was, I was not happy at all. It's just so amazing how God works because what that did for me and for our relationship is it's, it's a big reason why we have the relationship that we have today mm. and why we've been able to build such a healthy foundation of, uh, of marriage and why we were able to build such a great foundation through our engagement before mm-hmm. we got married. It was very difficult at first, but wow, it was so rewarding how God, yeah. how God used it and how we learned how to create intimacy without that was so necessary. Right. It's, and when you're, when you're young, it's kind of, so you can't even imagine the time in your life where you're like, someday I'm going to be like old and crusty and you might not want to, you might not want to do that. Yeah. Cause it, I feel like it does be like go out of relationships yeah. eventually, you know, so yeah. then you don't have the physicalness to rely on anymore. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, y'all have done that. Yes. Yeah. Gotta have, have like be equipped to feel. Cause I was like, well, so how are we more than friends then without that? (laughs) Right. So then it had to be like, okay, well, how, how do we create a bond of like, of, of romantic relationship Mm -hmm. without that? Mm -hmm. And that was an amazing journey to go on. That God also really, really worked in and helped us navigate through. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing, like going in so detail about it. And, you know, I feel like a lot of people will be able to relate to that, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And so y'all have been married for... Three years, a little over three, three years. years. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And have y'all walked through... Have there been seasons? Do you feel like that time prepared y'all for like things you're walking through now mm. and th- stuff like that? I... Yes, I do. I do think so because it has... First of all, I think that a lot of the stuff we go through is if we can, if we're willing to work through it and like, I'm a huge proponent for counseling. Mm-hmm. Like we had, we had counselors as we were walking through all, all of these things. That's amazing. Yeah. We see Christian counselors, which is just uh, what we 
what we like to do because mm-hmm. we, we want them to have the lens of that they're coming through, you know, the, the word. Yeah. Through that, through that season of navigating difficulty and just everything was not picture perfect. Like things were, things were hard when mm-hmm. you have uncomfortable conversation, like having uncomfortable conversations is never fun. And I'm like such a conflict avoider. And so being able to, to navigate those seasons, be forced to have uncomfortable mm-hmm. conversations, which I think is why counselors are so helpful because yeah. they allow for a space to do that where you feel like where you feel even extra safe. I always felt safe yeah. with, with Micah coming to him about anything, mm-hmm. but it's more about letting go of what he's thinking of me and being able to like drop the mask completely in front of him. And yeah. I think a third party helps with that. For sure. But yes, navigating that season has allowed us to, number one, be really equipped to share with other people. And I really feel an immense responsibility to be open about the things that I've been through because if someone else is going through something similar, maybe it's not the exact same, but if it's, you know, they're struggling with something, I want them to know that it's not just them. They're not alone. The enemy always makes us want to feel like we're isolated and alone in what we're going through. And it's just not true. Mm -hmm. There's always someone else who's experienced it or who's maybe experiencing it at the exact same time. So I think number one, being able to help other people navigate through difficult things is, is a big, like I look at what I've been through as tools that have equipped me to help other people. Yeah. Um, but then also, yeah, navigating like in, in this, in this, this past year, we went through a miscarriage Mm -hmm. and I think without our foundation of relationship and our foundation of emotional intimacy that we had built and the safe space that we had created in our marriage, that, that process would have been much more difficult for sure without that. Mm Mm-hmm. And that, that was at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was in, it was in May. Okay. You know, no one ever thinks that that's going to be part of their story. Of course, yeah. Especially the first time you get pregnant mm. when you're like so excited about this new, this new thing that's happening in your life. Um, so that, I, I could have never <laughs> anticipated that that yeah. would be. I also, this is something I think about frequently where depending upon, like I, I'm a person of very high expectation of what's going to happen in my life. Like I am always expecting the best Mm -hmm. in my life. I'm always expecting that I'm going to have great things happen in my life, that God is going to do amazing things uh, through me. Mm -hmm. And so I think sometimes I think that's good. And I, I, I love that about myself and I'm happy that God wired me that way. And that I've also put in work to continue to develop that way of Mm -hmm. thinking. But sometimes that leads to such low disappointments and low valleys because it's like, never would I have even had a thought yeah. that this would be the, the, what the circumstance mm. would be because of just my outlook to be like, it's going to be amazing and great. You right. Know? So I think that that can make the valleys a little bit more difficult, but I, w- I wouldn't change it. Cause I, yeah. I, I think there's so much power in having positive expectation over oh what gosh, we're going to ex- sure. experience in our lives. Yeah. So, but it did make, navigating the miscarriage was really, was really hard. I've never, there've been very few times in my life where I have felt like debilitated by emotion. And that was definitely a time like Mm -hmm. after, after that happened where it was just like, like I was, you know, wanting to film content or whatever it may be. And I was just like, I literally can't, I just have to, I, all that I can do is like sit in this chair and cry. Yeah. And I just, I can't, I don't know how to turn it off. Yeah. And he, you know, he would just be, of course he was the most understanding. I was just like, I'm just going to sit here with you. And if you need something, you just tell me what it is, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I'm so sorry. Like you had to walk through that. And that's what so many people walk 
through miscarriage and that is so like unexplainable unless you've gone through it. Yeah. And so you sitting here today and like looking back, I'm proud of you for like the growth you. you've had and like seeing how much God has moved in your life, honestly, over all those seasons. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's just a representation. Like people think Christianity, like that means your life's going to be rainbows and butterflies. Yes. Nothing goes wrong. God has favor on your life. And although he does, we live in a fallen world. So yep. we're going to experience heartache, heartbreak, all those things. But thank God that we have him to turn to in those as hard as it was. Like, do you, in that, like, did you have moments of kind of just like ignoring maybe your walk with God at that point? Almost just like you needed a breather just to sit in the hurt you were in and pain from the miscarriage. I, I think anytime I would like feel that like experience that kind of pain where it was just like, I can't do anything. I would need a moment to just kind of like let it out. And then I would be like, okay, I know that I know God's going to bring, it's going to bring me through this and he's going to redeem my heart. He's going to, he's going to redeem the whole situation. He has, he has a plan in place. Um, but that even getting to the the point where I actually believed that it t- takes some time to, to navigate through mm-hmm. all that because then it's like, there's so depending upon, you know, everyone's situation or experience with miscarriage, if someone has been through that is, is very different. For me, I had a lot of guilt that I had to work through. Um, and for that, I, for that I needed God because anytime we have guilt surrounding something like that, it's coming from the enemy. Mm -hmm. When I was pregnant, I did not feel well at all. I was just very annoyed by that. Being like physically held back is something that I just hadn't experienced in my life. So going through that, I was like, this is annoying to me. Mm-hmm. And then I felt, obviously after I had the miscarriage, I was like, well, maybe if I hadn't have had those thoughts, maybe if I would have been more mm-hmm. grateful, this wouldn't be my situation. Maybe if I had, like, if I hadn't been so complainy about feeling nauseous all the time, maybe it wouldn't have mm-hmm. happened, you know? So mm-hmm. then- Totally navi- the enemy, but yeah. I get that, yeah. And navigating through through mm-hmm. all of that and really getting to the point where it's like, that's, that's, that's not coming from God, that's coming yeah. from the enemy and I have to, I have to find truth yeah. in, in that in the dark, in the pain, I have to find like, what's, what's actually true. Yeah. Which again, goes back to the work that I put in years before learning how to take my thoughts captive and really understand what's, what are lies when when I'm telling myself lies or when I'm being told lies in my head and grabbing hold of those things and figuring out what, okay, no, what's, what's the truth? Yeah. Because that can be so hard. Oh my gosh. And if we don't, if we don't do it consistently, when, when tough times come, it's very difficult to take hold of what is true and what is self-pity, what is the enemy, what, you know, just all mm-hmm. the things that swirl around in our, yeah. in our human heads. Yeah. It's like mashes up and yeah. then you're just like, I don't know what I'm, yeah. what's going on. Yeah. yeah. Where, where am I? Yes. What's, what's real? How am I supposed to be feeling? Right. And I think it's such a, like a beautiful thing how God allows for the the verse about there's a time for everything. Mm-hmm. And I think even sometimes, like, I'm like, I almost expect myself to not be able, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't feel that way because joy comes from him mm-hmm. and stuff. But he's very clear there is a time for everything. There's a time for pain, time for grief, all those things, time for sadness, time for laughing. And so going through, like, just hearing you talk about it, like God was with you, but he was, I don't think 
God is just like, all right, suck it up. It's yeah. good. You're good. You're in my will. Like this is, you know, yeah. it's like, he knows your pain. He mm-hmm. sees it. And it's, I just see like a picture of him just almost like hugging you, you mm-hmm. know, and just not even speaking. Cause sometimes, you know, you don't yep. want anybody to speak. You yep. just, just want somebody to know they're there. Yep. And I think he's the perfect representation of that. Mm-hmm. Like he's always there. I just love that imagery of him, you know, because he knows you're going to get through it Yep. with him. Yeah. But he's there and allows you to like feel all those things. Yes. I think that's so powerful because it, like you were saying, how oftentimes it's like, oh, you're a Christian. You're like sunshine and rainbows all the time. Yeah. Or where it's like, I think uh, almost like a toxic kind of positivity. Mm-hmm. And like, God never gives us that. Yeah. He is, he can handle our emotions, even if we're angry at him. Mm-hmm. That's what I always have gone back to where it's like, if you're angry at God, like take it to him because mm-hmm. he can handle it. Yeah. Don't like, don't think that he, he knows, even if you're not talking to him about it, he knows you're mm-hmm. not hiding anything from him. So right. just take it to him because he can handle it. Mm-hmm. And any, when we're in any kind of pain it is, I, I love that imagery as well. And like so many times when I've been going through hard times, if I'm like meditating or visualizing, it's literally like me with my head in Jesus's yeah. lap. Yeah. Like, it's okay. Just you're going like to be, you're, yeah, you're gonna, yeah. gonna be good, but it's not, yeah. but it's not that doesn't mean you can't feel mm. the pain. Cause you, you have to, you have, you to, have to navigate to. that first yeah. before you get to the peace. Yeah. And like, we were all talking last night and I think Micah was saying like you, you, we have to go through suffering, pain, all those, all those situations is how we grow mm-hmm. and how we become who we are and step more into the calling of God on our life. Because just like Jesus, like he is a testament to, he's been through everything we've been through. Mm-hmm. You know, he can never, he's not going to tell us like, you're going to get, you, you can get through this because without him going through it first, like mm-hmm. he has gone before us, mm-hmm. you know, so he has already been through all that. And that's why it's comforting too. It's not that just some beautiful, perfect I mean, he's beautiful and perfect, not what I'm saying, but that never has experienced the human suffering and all that. Like that is why Jesus came to this earth to feel what we feel. Mm -hmm. And so he can be like, I relate. Like I've gone before you, you're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. And that's what's so unique and special about being a Christian Mm -hmm. is that you have that to lean on where it's like, I have this almighty creator who I can go to, but who also has felt the pain that, that I'm going through mm. and even, even more so. Yeah. So good. Oh, this has just been a great talk. Um, if you could say like, if there's listeners out there who have maybe, what do you, is there anything you feel like you need to say to somebody, whether it's about forgiveness, miscarriage, you know, rejection, just like that's on your heart right now. If not, it's fine. I think mostly kind of what I said before, like you're not alone in what you're going through. There's other people who have gone through it, who are going through it. If you don't have community in your life that is lifting you up, do everything that you can to find it. It's so, it's so important, whether it's through church, whether it's through some kind of mentor, whatever, whether it's through family, whatever it is, like get people in your corner Mm. who are going to lift you up and point you towards the things that are actually going to help you heal. They're not going to sit in your self-pity with you. Right. They're going to, they're going to treat you with, with kindness and grace, obviously, but they're going to point you towards the things that can really help you. And so I'd say, number one, you're not alone. Number two, mm-hmm. find, if you don't have people in like a, a good community, f- 
truly do everything you can to, to, to yeah. find one. No, I think that is so good. And like people who have the same values as you, Yes, you know, because yes. even I've, you, there's people that I've had in my life that they give sound advice, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm just like, it's, it wasn't, you know. Yes. But then people who are spirit filled in that know God mm-hmm. and the way that they have led me to getting through things mm-hmm. and whatever, just by people praying and all that. And I know, cause that's hard. I feel like people, a lot of people struggle with finding community. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And that's something you need to pray for it. Yes, too, you absolutely. Know? Absolutely. Cause the voices we, that we let speak into our life are everything mm-hmm. because like what we were talking about before we have, we have the ultimate relationship with God, but on a daily basis, who, what are the voices that are, that are speaking into our life and speaking into our hearts? And that's all like a whole, I can really go off on that for, I know, for a while. I know, I know. And that's why, you know, that I keep that verse about just keeping your, setting your mind on things above. Yes. And then even things you watch and stuff like that, mm-hmm. like without realizing it, it really does affect you Yeah. and the voices. And so I'm just, I'm so thankful to have known y'all and like met y'all. Same. And you know, it's such a God thing yeah. and like the community that social media has brought for me. Yeah. This conversation was such a blessing. I've learned so much from you, like the wisdom that I can see just growing in you constantly, like girl, <laughs> Thank you. it's so amazing. Oh, thanks so much for having me on. Of I've been course. really looking forward to this conversation. You yes. guys are such special people. And like, we had so much fun last night. I just talking. We could talk for hours and I hours know. and hours. Yeah. I know. That's why I'm like, how much, can we just keep going? Part two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but thank you so much for being here. And they actually have a podcast coming out Ooh. and it is the Fortitude Yep. The podcast. Fortitude podcast. We're actually about to film with them. Yeah. So we'll be on theirs and they're amazing. If y'all want to follow them, they're on all the socials mm-hmm. and it's Micah and Sarah. Micah and Sarah. Okay. Yes. They're hilarious. They're amazing people. Great content, but yeah. Thank y'all. Thank Bye. You. Bye everybody.